With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we are back here on the afternoon Ask Anything show here from DKPittsburghSports.com or you're listening on the podcast network, DK Sports Radio, where you can subscribe to on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. For the next half hour, we three writers. The young, we're, we're, the, we're the young crew, the young money crew of DK Pittsburgh Sports coming through. We, we're answering your questions. If you're watching on Facebook Live, YouTube, or Periscope, you can leave questions in those comment sections, and we will be sure to put them on the screen and answer them right here. I'm Chris Carter. He's Alex J. Sump. Sump. She is Taylor Haas. We got all the beats covered today. Some days we had some, some, some football, some hockey, some football, some baseball. Now we got all three beats taken care of today, so we can take on all the questions. We're excited. First of all, how's my gang doing here? It's been a, I think it's been a while since the three of us have done a show at the same time. Good. It has. <laughs> this, is, this is the old crew. Yeah, right. Been busy. Right. It, it's 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 been a busy busy uh, few months here. It's been busy while actually. Um, and uh, Alex, our, our guy Tim Allison, he comes right in off the bat. He's like, "Well, with a real Mitch Keller, please stand up." I know that's what a lot of people are wondering: is like, what? Who is this guy? Yeah, I mean, we've seen it all year. I mean, one good start, one bad start. One good start, one bad start. Yesterday was time for the good one. Now it's going to be about building off of that. That's why I'm not, you know, giving up on, you know, this guy and why I don't 100% believe that, you know, oh, this is just at all of a sudden a confidence issue. It's just consistent execution. That's all it's going to come down for him. Where is he putting the fastball? Uh, yeah, it's going to be a big question. You throw that heat and can he put it in the right spots and make, make, you know, not put it over the plate where everyone's going to be smacking it. I'm going to be interested to see how, how if he does double up because the Pirates do need to see him. He needs to be part of the future, in my opinion. Um, otherwise, yeah. it's going to further set them back and what their rebuilding plans are. So lots of interesting stuff there. Um, Taylor, I, you know, before we move on with, with other questions, wanted to get your thoughts on the Penguins' rebound last night. They had a rough, a rough game against the Flyers a couple nights ago, and then last night they were able to put things together. You saw Sidney Crosby with the snipe um, the, you know, this, this, of the shot that he had, uh, you know, that going top shelf. Where, where do you think the Penguins are? They're two games away from the playoffs. Do you think that this is a team that's figured out its chemistry or at least on the path to figuring out its chemistry to win the key games they're going to need to in the Stanley Cup run? Yeah, I mean, they had different line combinations that first game against Philly just because, you know, Malkin coming back. But, um, right. yeah, we've uh, – I think they're going to be in good shape. They, they do have two more games here against Sabres, uh, kind of another bad team, another good time to figure out, like, line combinations or, um, you know, Tanev should be coming back soon too. And I think that should be good because then you could reunite, like, the Aston Reese Bluger tanev line. Um, yeah, no, I think, I think they're in good shape heading into the, into the playoffs. 
Awesome. Awesome. We got a lot of hockey questions lining up. Before we get there, let's ask a football question. Swan269 says, hey, Chris, do you think the national media just harps on the Steelers offensive line so that they can stick with their lazy narrative that you don't take a running backs in the first round? I I think that some people are. I'm not going to accuse everybody because when we say national media, here comes this sweeping (laughs) indictment on anyone that works on ESPN or Fox Sports or any national outlet. I don't think that that's fair on everybody because there are people who give legitimate analysis, but I think there's plenty of people um, who, you know, were trying to say the Steelers wouldn't draft a, a running back in the first round. There's no way anyone drafts a running back in the first round. And then they go and do it. And I'm like, well, that was dumb. And they need to address their offensive line, even though they did later in the draft. I agree that some of this is just people picked where they're, where they were bunkered up for this draft. They picked their, their take. And now they're here to defend it after the fact to try and say, Hey, I'm still right. They're the ones that are wrong. And who knows? Someone will be, end up being right about that situation. But I, I do agree that some people are just sticking to it just to stick to it. Um, and, and, and try to keep saying, Hey, I was right. And they were wrong. We'll see how that plays out through the rest of the season. Daniel Matos getting in here. Our man from Brazil comes in. He says, Hey folks, Whoop, we're getting a lot of questions. Moving my things down here. Uh, what's the prom- What's the probable punishment for Godesbier, um for his penalty last night? Taylor, that's a you question. I wish I knew. I mean, you saw what happened <laughs> with Tom Wilson. Uh, $5,000 fine. I mean, um, I definitely think Goss's Bear should get punished. But, I mean, if we're looking at, like, what Wilson did, like, if that's $5,000, then I don't know what this is. I think what he did was very dangerous. Um. I mean, if, for people that don't know, uh, Mark Friedman, when he was going to score the empty net, Goss's bear was trailing him and um, cross-checked him in the back into the boards. Very dangerous. I mean, Friedman wasn't suspecting it. He went flying into the boards. Um, could have really gotten hurt. He didn't get hurt, thankfully. But, um, I mean, there's no telling with player safety what, what, what's going to happen to him. And that's the problem I think that everyone's talking about right now is just the unpredictability of that situation. When you know, I was joking with Albie Oxenrider earlier today, we we filmed halftime adjustments, which will come on tonight at seven thirty on Channel 11's uh, WPXI now on their website. But I was like, it's it's like it's like a wheel of morality. They just they put they slap a whole bunch of punishments on a the wall, they spin it, and it lands on something like, oh, that's the punishment this week. I, I and and not to, I, I we go through this in the NFL. We were talking about what's the difference between this guy's punishment and that guy's punishment when this guy dove on the back of someone's neck while they were laying first down and this guy like taunted someone like it's you know there's a whole bunch of different things that fly all over the situation and i guess building off of that since we're here right now matt Wishon says not pens related but taylor how do you feel about the league and how they're handling the tom wilson situation i yeah he should have gotten suspended at minimum and if you look like what he actually got fined for was only um punching like buknavich in the back of the head the the follow-up, the the body slamming, well, well, he didn't even body slam, he grabbed Panarin by his hair, slammed his head to the down to the ground, Panarin's out for the rest of the year. Uh, that didn't even get, like, the, 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 the fine isn't even for that. Like, he got, he got to do that for free. Um, so I don't, I don't know, I, he, I mean, he should have been suspended, but then even if they did, I don't know what that really does, because Wilson's been suspended before, and he's still doing this, so um, I don't know what the answer is for, for how to stop Tom Wilson. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. And uh, not a question, but more of a statement. Just uh, John Bosman <laughs> says, says in his opinion, um, they will come down harder on Goddess Behair uh, to save face over doing nothing with Wilson. I mean, that'd be par for the course. So, um, I mean, totally. especially after the Rangers, the Rangers came out with that statement. Um, yeah. Ask the head of player safety, George Paris, to, to step down. 
um, which I, I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that um, in the NHL. I, I do, I don't get, I don't know why Peros is the guy in charge of player safety. Um, if you don't know who George Peros is, I, he, he had a lot of dealings with player safety when he was when he was a player. Like he's, so I guess he's familiar with the process, and maybe that helped him. But like he's. I, I don't think he's the guy that should be making these calls. Um, and yeah, I Gosses bear after everything, I, like what the Rangers did. I think maybe there's more pressure on them. But even then, what are they, what are they going to do? The Flyers are done. For, like they're not making the playoffs anyway. So what? It's done for the season. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Right. Um, we're gonna. We're, I'm sure we're gonna come back to that. So stick with us, hockey fans. We just gotta work on some baseball for our baseball listeners. Richard Deal asked, "Nice to see the Bucks win last night." I recently bought the uh, MILB package and watched the Indianapolis Indians play the Iowa Cubs. Uh, DeJong was lights out pitching from them. And any thoughts on his ceiling and swagger? He had his swag out and crushed it with this at, at, with his at bats last night. Do you think that there's a possible September call up for either of these two, or possibly earlier, Alex? Yeah, to both the <laughs> September call-up and even possibly earlier. Um, especially in Swaggerty's case with just how empty the outfield depth is right now, especially with Gregory Polanco on the injured list now, too. So, like, the only true outfielders that they have on the roster are Reynolds and Tom. Now, that doesn't mean that Swaggerty's going to come up next week. He did skip double-A. I mean, that's part of, you know, being the aggressive in his development right there. But I think we're going to see Swaggerty at some point this year, September at the very latest, he needs to be added to the 40-man roster this offseason anyway, so it's not really much of a debate in my mind. As for DeYoung, um, not a traditional prospect in that sense, but someone that really worked to reinvent himself, get his stuff better, uh, get more spin, get a little more velocity on his stuff, how to tunnel type of project that I'm, it's not surprising that the Pirates are interested in, see what could go on there. I think right now he's just kind of in AAA as starter depth, you know, maybe as a reliever at some point or a spot starter, but I think we will see him in the majors at some point this year. I think it's a, that's a good question because right now, again, the Pirates are all about what they're doing in the near future. Quick switch to football. Storm Woodside says, in the words of Mike Tomlin, we do not care. We stick to our boards and follow it. To me, I think this was one of our best drafts yet. We got everyone we wanted the first round, the second round, and followed. Uh, listen, um, I'm not one of those people that says a, a draft is it was the best draft ever when it hasn't. we haven't seen these guys play yet. That's not how I operate. But I get why people are excited. I think they did address several positions of need. Are there other positions of need? Yes. They still need to get a slot cornerback. They still need to get edge rushers. I can see those absolutely being a thing. So, um, But, hey, if you're excited about the draft class, you have every right to be and push back against those people that said, hey, you shouldn't have drafted uh, you know, a running back in the first round. Um, so but by all means, do, do uh, I think it's important to keep. Richard Dill says thanks for the answer to the to his question um moving right along here uh back to hockey john valjean says oh i'm sorry we actually uh we, we, we covered this one my apologies i'm mixing up my ones here uh 
Tim Allison says, uh, Alex, what's the backstory on Polanco right now? This is one of those, I don't know how much I can legally say here. Um, the Pirates 40-man roster was full. Gregory mm. Polanco was put on the injured list without an explanation of what it is. The Pirates are able to add a player to the roster without uh, removing someone else, which you could only do if someone has COVID. So there are a lot of breadcrumbs there. Hopefully that's enough ambiguity. So. Gotcha. Back to hockey. Beckett says, is Sam Poland going to be any good? Yeah, I think he's a good prospect. I think um, he might not start in the NHL next season. I think maybe AHL time would be good for him. Um, I don't I, – I know – so he is the top Penguins prospect, right? He's not, like, one of the top, like, league-wide prospects. Um, I think Penguins fans maybe overrate him a bit just because he is the best they've had in, you know, the first first on pick they've had in a while. Um I mean, like, what, he didn't make Canada's World Junior roster, which is really not surprising. Um, I know, like, a lot of Penguins fans were surprised, but, like, if you look at, like, around the league, like, he's just not one of the top prospects uh, around the NHL. But, no, I think he's um, – I think he's going to be fine. Um, I think starts in the uh, – in Wilkes-Barre, maybe comes up for um, probably the third line kind of role. Um, he – He's been working a lot on his skating and, like, the smaller details of his game, defensive game, uh, from what Tom Kostopoulos has told us um, when he came on our podcast. Uh, he's he's played both center and wing this year, and he's handled both fine. Um, I mean, he, he's, he's, he's having a great season, um, but I, I, don't, I think it would, it would be a, a little much to expect him to jump right into the NHL. Switching to back here, Paul Ab- Albert asks, uh, Hey, Alex, DK wrote his grind today <laughs> that Mitch Keller said he just threw whatever Stallings was calling. Did, didn't Brault say the same thing last year after his best start at the end of the season? Yes, he did. It was actually Brault's last two. His mind, his terminology was, I just became a freaking throwing machine. You know, whatever Stallings threw, he, he didn't read a scouting report on hitters before the game. He's just like, you know what, whatever Stallings says is good for me. I mean, that's a big reason why the Pirates love Stallings as the catcher. Like, not only because he grades out very well defensively, but he handles the pitching staff so well. He prepares so well for stuff like that. It was a, it was kind of a unique situation that he actually got this opportunity, but everything that he's done, this new regime just absolutely loves. That's why they view him as a starting catcher. And hey, he was nominated for a gold glove last year, so I don't feel like it's, you know, exactly a stretch to say that he is, you know, a good starting catcher. Uh, Dan, our man from San Fran asks uh, or says the Rangers fired their president and GM. It was it was said it doesn't have anything to do uh, with the Tom Wilson comments. I guess we're back to the Tom Wilson subject here. Uh, Taylor, any comments on that? Yeah, Elliot Friedman, he said um, that it has nothing to do with uh, the statement the Rangers put out. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't have any, if it's not that, uh, I don't have any insight on what it could have been. I mean, it's, this just happened at like 25 minutes ago. So, yeah. Um, still a lot coming on with that. I guess we'll find more, um, find out more soon. But yeah, Friedman said it doesn't have anything to do with the statement. So, well, speaking of something that happened 25 minutes ago <laughs> or a little bit more, but Alejandro Villanueva recently signed former Steelers offensive tackle who went to the Ravens, was throwing che- – uh, Daniel Matsu says he was throwing cheap shots at Juju and Claypool. He hopes that 
uh, TJ Watt runs him over again and again in the next couple of years. Um, okay, so uh, just to clarify that what statements were made here. Uh, one, Villanueva came out and said something about the Steelers and how he's glad to be playing on a team that prefers to run the ball. And then he also said, you know, uh, you know, uh, the receivers, I guess they, they, they can't be having fun over there with the Steelers because they're doing TikToks, and they're not catching passes, and they're having fun on their social media. So uh, some, some interesting comments. Then he also said, uh, that he thought that Zeitler, the the guard for the Ravens, was an upgrade over David DeCastro. So I think some of these were like lighthearted and meant to be in jest, but they're coming off kind of weird coming from the guy who left the you know, who's who's going to your the, the arch nemesis of the Steelers, and you know you're saying these things and you're talking. And he also said he's he's excited to play the Steelers. Um, you know, I, I get all that. I get. That that's uh, that's you know that's exciting you know and, and that stuff but so there's a, there's a little bit there that I'm thinking like this might be a little bit of an embellishment on his part um, just to kind of blow this up I, I I don't I don't get the the, the Castro disc other than I think that part might be the joke um, but the Juju TikTok stuff was when I was like huh like that's when I was like that that came up that came across like that there was something behind that um, just because it's like you know that that was something this guy who's like what 24 years old was taking a lot of heat for you were on the team when he was taking heat for it and now you're saying stuff now that you're gone that part i was kind of like that's a little weird so you know, I, i'm not sure how many of these things are actual shots at the steelers um you know the steelers probably won't, won't say anything about it they'll be like hey you know whatever he's just playing around ha, ha, ha. and then they'll do what they do whenever these teams play but it certainly is a curious situation with what villanueva is saying um, I saw and, a tweet. And, I saw a tweet that said you should post a TikTok compilation of every single Miss Villanueva block from last season. That would be hilarious, and there would be a very long TikTok. I don't know what the what the uh, limit on. Uh, <laughs> they upgraded t- it to three minutes, uh, like a week ago. So not long enough for Villanueva's well. Miss Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then Sinema says, Big Al throwing shots at Dr. Astro, or uh, Dr. Astro. I, guess, I believe that was DeCastro. Um, so there, there's, yeah, that's uh, Dr. Astro. I was, I was sitting there like, wait, Dr. Astro, who that? Uh, <laughs> uh, but it's all, it's all good, City. We, we know who you talk about. Um, let's go back up here. Up, 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 up. Craig Taylor asks, is there a chance the Pirates find an outfielder elsewhere? They lose money with or without Polanco, so do it do it worth uh, without him. Uh, and I'm not a Polanco hater. I'm just very frustrated with him. I mean, they're going to look at, you know, what's going on in AAA, especially with Dustin Fowler and Anthony Alford, if they could, you know, figure something out. They're still on the team. We brought up Swaggerty, someone who's going to be in the majors at some point this year, most likely. They're going to continue to look at the waiver wire and other opportunities like they got with Tom. Um, there is no quick, quick fix for the outfield, though. I don't even think there's really a, a, a quick fix for 2022 besides actually just buying someone in free agency or, you know, just getting a free agent that type of way or trading for someone. It's a group that, besides Reynolds, doesn't have a whole lot of depth or, you know, really a whole lot of legitimate prospects at the moment because Hudson Head's the best. He's a couple years away. So unless you're all in on Swaggerty and Kanan uh, Smith-Najigba, there just isn't a whole lot of other options that they have at the moment. Or Cruz, but they're still trying him at shortstop first. Josh Klein, back to the Penguins, says, what's the bottom six looking like when Tenab is back? Taylor. Um, I think your fourth line is Austin Reese bluger tanev Third line, I don't know. So it depends on 
if Zucker's going to be on Malkin's line, I really don't think he should be. I think maybe put McCann there. Um, your third line, I mean, so Carter's your third line center. I think Goudreau should stay in the lineup. Um, if that means Zucker's back on, on the third line, your third line is um, Zucker, Carter, Goudreau. I think that's a, that's, that's a fine third line, but um, I also don't know if that's a great um, – Spot for Zucker to be playing. We really haven't seen a whole lot from Zucker all season, but um, I think I think that's that's probably your best bet. What the, the the third line would look like. John Valjean back with a baseball question. Alex, how about the pickoff on Frazier in the middle <laughs> inning? Keller ropes a leadoff single, force out, and then Reynolds doubles. This team isn't talented enough to overcome such errors that literally cost them runs. Do you agree? I mean, you can't, I can't disagree with that, John. They've scored two runs in three games. I don't, they haven't hit a home run since, I think it's been a week, over a week since the last wow. time they actually hit a home run. Like it's, it's a lot of, you have to play small ball. You can't make those base running mistakes. For the most part, I mean, Frazier, I know, has been picked off through a couple times already this season. There has been an improvement, I feel, overall with base running. But you remember the stuff like that so much more. Yeah, and like you brought up, whenever it costs you a run, you just this offense can't do that. They can't leave stuff on the table. But then again, game-winning run yesterday was because of a good base running play. So um, we got a hockey question. Barbara M. Camp seventy asks, "How large would the taxi squad for the playoffs be? Do you think O'Connor and Joseph will be called up, Taylor?" Yeah. So it it sounds like it's it can just be like it was. In normal years, um, which is uh, like like your black aces, um, because there's there are no roster limits, there are no um, uh, there's no salary cap in in the playoffs. So it sounds like that there should be black aces like normal. So in which case, like yeah, O'Connor and Joseph would would come up um, for sure. But uh, yeah, I don't know if it would be like normal years where they bring in because you know normal years they bring in everyone um, that they really possibly can. I don't think we, we would see that, but um, the guys like O'Connor and Joseph, the guys who might could actually play if, if they needed them, um, I think, yeah, they'll come up. Paulski Five Cents asks, <laughs> uh, so Keller just did a nuke and Ricky Vaughn and did not think and just threw what the catcher put down. Is that the case, Alex? It, I wish it'd be. I hope it's that simple. Um, again, we're getting to the point, is this mental, is this mechanical? I stand by that it's mechanical because he's throwing from a lower arm slot and a lot of his stuff isn't playing as well as it did early on in his career. We'll go through that, but just those strikes. That's the number one thing for him. Don't beat yourself. If you're going to lose, like he had that, I think it was against Kansas City. I can't remember, San Diego, I'm sorry. It was against San Diego where he gave up all those hits or whatever, but he didn't walk anyone. And he's like, you know what? I gave up five runs today, but they had to earn them. I I can live with that. I think he can live with that. Um, all right. We got a hockey question here that I thought was really good, but I keep getting moved down. There we go. Kevin Kramer says, uh, with the Pens being slow starters after a break, I fear that this two-week gap before the playoffs start could be bad and might take too long to get back into sync, and then it's too late. But what do you guys think? Taylor, is that true? Lately, I know that the Penguins you know, had a first-run exit last year, but has that been the case this year as well, and do you think that's actually something to worry about? Well, I last I'm pretty sure with the they can start it. I don't know if it'll be two weeks, but I mean because they don't have to wait until the North Division starts there. It's like they can do a staggered okay. start. 
Um, I, I don't know how they're going to fare uh, after a break. Um, if there is if there is an extended break, um, every team's going to be in the same boat. Uh, so I mean, it's hard to say. I think I think it could be good because it would give them time to get healthier. Like if Tanev isn't ready for for game one. Although I mean he's been practicing in full for for a little bit now, so um, I think he he might be. But um, yeah, I don't I, I I wouldn't be too worried about that. Gotcha, gotcha. Moving right along, um, David Brasicki asks. Uh, I unfortunately haven't been able to see any of the recent games. Is Gino back to looking like pre-injury Gino or opening day Mallet? Mocking. Um, he, so he's, oh, uh, that was a miss. Cause I was like, I don't know who that is. But I'm like, <laughs> I'll just, I'm going to presume that's Malin, but it's Malkin. It was just a mix. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I mean, he's only played these two games and it was a long time off. So, I mean, I would, and the whole team kind of didn't look great that, that first game when he came back. So, I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't put a whole lot of stock into these two games. Um, he's still getting acclimated, but I think if, if we're talking about like begin beginning of the season, Malkin versus, you know, uh, when when he got injured, um, one of the differences is that you know he got extended time with Kapanen again, and they started building chemistry and they started looking really good together. Um, so him, you know, being <coughs> back with Kapanen, um, I I think that's good because I mean they if they we already know what they can do when they're when their chemistry um, is great. So if you know they get that back to what it was, then uh, I wouldn't be to worry. Paulski five cents back with a question. Any word, Alex, on what is wrong with Polanco? <laughs> and here's a couple puns for you. Did he come down with being allergic to hitting or come down with Mendoza line syndrome? No, the parts are being, uh, for lack of a better way of describing evasive of what he actually said. Uh, they can't say anything if it is pertained to illness because of HIPAA without Polanco's consent. So it's it's almost certainly COVID related. Um, Chris Stone made this comment a little while back. We kind of already touched about. It. He said, "How about those Rangers?" But then following up with that, um, there was a question here. There's David Brzezicki. Okay, uh, so Joyce uh, Moselle asked, "Should Trash Can Wilson be banned for at least uh, the balance of the, the balance of the rest of the playoffs and the regular season?" Taylor, you talked about him being suspended. If 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 you were in that place, would you have given him like a "you're done for the year" type of suspension for that for for what happened? I mean, it's it's hard because they they work off of precedent, and he's gotten away with with you know stuff like this, maybe worse, and and not gotten like that harsh of a punishment. Yeah, I I, I think he should have gotten something definitely a lengthy suspension. Um, and like we I mean talked about he. The the pen, I think the Panera thing is more dangerous than what he did to Buknevich. I mean, he, he punched Buknevich in the back of the head into the ice. That's pretty bad. That's what he got fined for. But I mean, Panera but Panera didn't have his helmet on. He yanked his head down um, into the ice. Like he Panera could have gotten seriously hurt. Um, I mean, he did get he, he's at least you know done for the year. He didn't get anything for that. He just got fined for the Buknevich punching him in his head into the ice. But. Um, I mean, I guess you look at together. I you, you think that it would be at least worth a suspension. I mean, I know the NHL. It's it, there's there's no there's not a whole lot of sense into how they come up with like these lengths, but um, playoff games do count as more. Um, but I mean, yeah, at least maybe a round of the playoffs 
but uh, I don't know. You'd never know with him. So. Absolutely. Um, let's keep it moving here. We got <laughs> three and a half minutes left here. Questions. So be sure to ask your questions. We'll get them as fast as possible. Craig Taylor asks these says these pirates have been more fun to follow than expected. There are some bright spots. So I'm done. So I'm done bagging on the outfield. Bring back Hayes. Thank you for the comments, Alex. So I guess that was more of a compliment to you, Alex. Um, and uh, your your answers here so far. But um, let's keep moving because we do got a bunch of questions left. Uh, Taylor Swan two. Swans 269 asks, do you think the Pens are a better team this year than last year? Don't want to have another bad playoff showing. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, like an issue going into last year is that there wasn't um, a whole lot of forward depth, like in the bottom six. Um, and I think this this third line is a whole lot better than what it was last year. Last year, I mean, we've talked about it before, where the, the third line they had last year of like uh, – McCann, Marlowe, and Hornquist. So it's kind of like a line of leftovers. They really didn't belong together. Marlowe didn't really belong in the team at all. Um, but whatever configuration they they you know decide to go with when Tanev comes back, they're in better shape and they have guys that can you know contribute and like they're better suited for that role. That and then um, the defense is stronger. I mean, the third pairing last year was um, Johnson and Schultz, both very bad together. Um, Matheson, we don't know when he's going to be back, uh, if he's going to be back uh, during the playoffs. But uh, CC and, you know, Friedman, if Friedman is the guy that sticks around in that, I think that's that's a whole lot better than Johnson and Schultz. Um, and, and, I mean, that, and that's the second pairing. The third pairing is still, you know, Pedersen Marino. Pedersen Marino played together last year, too. I, th- I the, the defense is upgraded. The third line is upgraded. I think that's where their holes were last year. There you go. Um, baseball question. Michael Nesbitt uh, says, or at least is a comment. This, the JMO trade is paying early div- dividends. Obviously, obviously talk about Jameis Tyon. Contreras had a great start for Altoona. Altoona. Alex, you saw a bit of that. Yeah, I actually went down to Altoona. I had to see it in person. And man, that was something special. Okay. Last night. This guy's got something special. Like he, he it's almost like. I don't think he's going to be in Altoona long, people. So he's going to start every Tuesday. If you've got a chance, it's must-watch baseball because he's going to be in Pittsburgh sooner rather than later. 97-98, breaking stuff that moves, attacks the zone, efficient time-wise. He's going to be he's going to be well-liked <laughs> with the Pirates. All right, all right. Um, this is a, du- a duo question here, Taylor. Apostolist Paul Azaris says, any news on Matheson? And then asks, uh, who do the Penguins want to play in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, Matheson's week to week. He hasn't skated yet. Um, really not a whole lot. Um, to say you have to figure that he probably broke something in his face. Um, I mean, they're not going to tell us anything more, but um, if he hasn't skated, even skated yet, I, I don't think – He'll be ready for the start of the playoffs, but you never know. Um, who do they want to play in the first round? Uh, I would say I think the Capitals, just based off of how they matched up against them in the regular season, um, that could be a good matchup for them, especially this last series. I mean, this last series, they were without Ovechkin and Carlson, which is uh, two huge losses. But um, even when they had Ovechkin and Carlson in the regular season, um that was the Penguins' best matchup in the in the regular season. Uh, after that, um, my next pick would probably be the Bruins, just because of their lack of secondary scoring. Um, getting Hall alone doesn't really fix that, uh, and I think that could be a bigger problem over the course of a 
seven-game series. Um, the team I'd want to avoid the most would just be the Islanders. Um, the Penguins did match up pretty good against the Islanders in the regular season, but um, just, I don't know, the defensive style they play. And uh, the Penguins haven't played the Islanders uh, in a while. They haven't played them since the trade deadline. Um, and the Islanders did that pieces of the trade deadline. So um, I guess it's hard to know how they would match up against like them since them. Uh, but yeah, so in order, I'd want them to play Caps, um, Bruins, and the Islanders. Couple couple questions just to finish this off real fast here. Craig Taylor says, Ovechkin <laughs> didn't last long Monday. Do we know anything about where he is at this point? And Taylor, I think you said that you'd like to avoid the Isles in round one. I guess you were just talking about that. Many fans hope to avoid the Bruins. Uh, I guess uh, I guess more behind that reasoning. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just what I what I yeah. went into the uh, the Bruins. Their top line is pretty much still all they have. I mean, it is. I don't know, the best top line in the league. Um, uh, but again, and over the course of seven game series, um, the lack of depth scoring could be a bigger issue left. Um, I think maybe he, yeah, I mean, he probably wasn't ready to come back because that was his first game back. I mean, the Capitals were without Kuznetsov um, and Sam, Sam Sinov in net, but yeah, Kuznetsov um, up front just because. Um, they were suspended. Uh, it was a team discipline issue because they were late to a team meeting. Um, so I don't know if maybe they rushed Ovechkin back sooner than they could have because they didn't have Kuznetsov up front. Um, but, uh, yeah, it sounds like he's I, – I read today he's at their next game. So uh, not great, not great for the Caps. One more quick hockey question. Barbara M. Camp says, hasn't hockey evolved past Bruce like Wilson faster, more skilled uh, than 90s hockey? Well, and the thing with Wilson is he's not like the roots of the 90s. Like, Wilson's a good hockey player. Like, if Wilson got rid of all this, like, he'd still – he'd be a – he'd be still a very good hockey player. Mm. Um, he doesn't – that's why it's so confusing when he does – because, like, he doesn't have to be this kind of player. Um so yeah, I it, it has evolved um, past. You don't see guys like the '90s where like that's all they can do anymore. Um, it's guys like Wilson who are good hockey players, but maybe they get the wires crossed. Uh, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's confusing. Last thing here, Dan Dan Lavoy says Carter, my Niners took Trey Lance and plan to have him sit on sit and learn for, for a little while. Should I be excited for his future? Uh, and are you are you excited for the Steelers to pick up Jimmy G when Ben retires? First of all, um, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd be excited for Trey Lance. I still think that the Niners should have took taken Justin Fields. I don't know what they were doing passing him up, but hey, maybe they think Justin, uh, maybe they think Trey Lance is, is the answer. Um, you know, and and I get giving him a year to sit behind Jimmy G. The Packers, or the Packers, the the Chiefs did the same thing with uh, Pat Mahomes. So. Uh, maybe there's something there to that. The, you know, we, we just we, you trust your organization to figure that out themselves. Uh, if the Steelers go get Jimmy G next year, I think they're going to be asking for a lot of problems unless they're paying him very little money so they can build up the roster around him. Um, but Dan knows my feelings on, on Jimmy G. I don't think that that highly of him as a uh, top quarterback in the league. But there's our questions. You heard our answers. Thanks so much for watching with us live on Facebook, YouTube, or Periscope. And if you're listening on DK Sports Radio, thank you for listening through our questions. Remember, you can subscribe to DK Sports Radio on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere. 
podcasts are hosted, be sure to give us a five-star rating with a positive comment. Doing so both at the same time really help us out. Thanks so much for all your questions. Be back in the ears tomorrow with more writers from DKPittsburghSports.com.